Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and unbelievably sitting directly across the table from me is Howard Tybal. Let's prove it. That was that was it. All right, there that go. was a high five. All right, a real go. high five. I, uh, uh, it, hey, you, you broke something in Boston. Oh, the weather? Yeah, it's getting warmer today. It's much warmer today. Yeah, it's dramatically warmer. It's like it's like ten degrees. It's it's, it's like so much nicer than yesterday. <laughs> we have nothing to complain about compared to what uh, our comrades oh further goodness. south are dealing with. Jeez, I know. This is crazy cold. Yeah. Uh, we're it, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Pete. This is going to be an exciting year ahead of us. I'm excited for it. We're coming back to, uh, uh, you know, the news is. It, yeah, I look at the Chronicle and the news is like, oh, presidents are making too much money and uh, it, it's just there's uh, it, tough odds on tenure track jobs and, uh, oh my gosh, it, you know, there was this piece on NPR New Year's Eve that uh, absolutely exoriated uh, online education uh, saying that, you know, 2013 was the year of online education, 2014 is going to be the year it all falls back to to reality, uh, pretty negative, negative perception overall. And so here we are, we're coming back to, uh, back to school. We're in this sort of mid-year transition. Yeah. There isn't quite so much of the, uh, um, you know, new year's, new year resolution because we've already been doing the, the job. So everybody's just going to come back to school, uh, and, and face a lot of the same old challenges. And I guess my question for you, as we make this transition is, how do we face 2014? Uh, we how do we face 2013's challenges as we come back to work in 2014 in the spirit of change? Well, I like what you said about sort of you know having to make it real. I I think that it does need to come come back to earth around this whole question around um, online education affordability. I mean, these are problems that are continuing to. You know, it's 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 right there also in Business Officer Magazine with Brenda Kubo, the question of value and affordability. So I think what was happening is we're getting comfortable with the reality and beginning to learn how to talk about this and engage broader constituents. So when I say this, you know, when I think about the broad constituents, it includes the faculty, it includes the administration, and it includes our boards. And I think those three, you know, in 2014, what I'm excited about is how are we going to make inroads to get these three bodies to be working collaboratively, collaboratively together in a way that uh, I, I think there are pockets of this kind of effectiveness, but it's not across the institutions uh, in higher education. Uh, there's a lot of great work happening between chief business officers and chief academic officers. But I think we're just touching the surface still uh, in that they really do have different uh, objectives and points of view about where things are supposed to go. So the key is to get them to be sitting down, listening to each other, and finding ways to see where they have commonalities versus where there are differences. That's, you know, it's, it's the same conversation that has to happen in government, right? Right. But this happens to be the area where I have a lot of focus. And I think there is a commitment to this. Um, 
Well, Some I wonder, I, what does that look like, that commitment? Because we have this, this situation where, uh, you know, administration and we'll just take administration and faculty um, tend to have a fairly uh, unique views or discrete views yeah. of how the institution operates. And to to get those two groups to come to the table in a productive way, yeah. I know is something just in working with you for the last however many years, is something that you face as a regular challenge. Yeah, and what the, does that look like? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I had the most, the most recent uh, situation where I had this opportunity. Uh, there are things about that conversation that truly caught me off guard. And, and part of it is is we need to find a way, and sometimes it does require external facilitation, sometimes it doesn't, but we do need to find a way to get people to speak to uh, their motivation. What do they really believe is important, as opposed to having to make a case. There's, there's too much of this, uh, let me tell you what I think, and let me tell you what I think. And ultimately, the, the, the faculty absolutely uh, are at the center of delivering the mission. And administration is about serving that mission. Now, what happens is, and the, the concept that has to change and the work that we're doing is much more around, is helping administration see that their job is to deliver exceptional customer service. Now, so what does that mean? Well, if you work in student affairs, your job is to... Uh, do the best to offer back to students what they need. If you work in finance, your job is to be customer service focused to the departments that need you, as opposed to the command and control mentality. See, that's the perception, is that finance sits in the ivory tower and faculty are out there delivering and they live in these two separate worlds and they don't have a lot of practice in, in working together. So. The reality is, who gets put in a position to be the chief academic officer, the provost, the chief financial officer, or chief business officer? That is a key determinant if you're going to get some kind of productive dialogue going. In the absence of that, it is pulling teeth. Because in some institutions, these two bodies, don't, they don't like talking to each other. They don't see eye to eye. So it comes down to, if we're going to have a collaborative kind of uh, dialogue. The only way it's going to start is if people come to the table goodwill to say, listen, I have a different point of view from you as faculty. Are you interested in hearing it? You have a point of view as overseeing the business operations. The question back to faculty, are you interested in hearing it? And for the most part, uh, we're, we're all very busy doing our siloed piece of work, which is understandable. But we need to get better at having those kinds of conversations lead to action that then takes us down the path of, of uh, productivity. The, the, the problem is, and there's a number of problems, but one of them is administration is trying to get a handle on affordability. And faculty... Uh, understand this in a peripheral way, right? But they have an investment, right? They've been growing their programs. Uh, it is hard to think about stopping a program that you've invested 10, 20, 30 years in because all of a sudden somebody's telling you, uh, 
it's you know we need we need to focus on that it's not profitable right it's never been the case in higher education that programs are being supported by other programs graduate school supports the undergraduate or undergraduate supports the graduate and all of a sudden i think from faculty's perspective the rules seem to be tightening and changing but that's the reality out there well i couldn't wouldn't you say that there is even if the 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 rules are not explicitly changing there is more transparency around the decisions that are being made that faculty may not have ever been a party to right and and administration want to involve faculty but the faculty have to be willing and i think some are and some are not uh, to come to the table to say listen we want to be part of the solution we want to help you uh, the reality is in some cases uh, and i hear people say this i didn't sign up for this mm -hmm. right it doesn't matter what you are even even financial people that move up the ranks I didn't sign up for this. I've seen presidents. I didn't sign up for this, mm -hmm. right? I had a different view of what my role is. The, the roles are changing. And the question becomes uh, for people like the chief business officers, what does it mean for them to step up into really being leaders and partners with their president? There's something you said a, a minute ago that I, I want to get back to, which is... Uh that faculty are central to the delivery of the mission of the institution. Yes. Do you think faculty understand that in your conversations with them? Oh, there's no, absolutely understand that. And, and if you spent a lifetime, you know, being an expert in chemistry, an expert in, in fine arts or poetry or whatever, you, you have not spent nearly enough time recognizing that there's this whole business thing happening out there, but you haven't had to. Now you're being asked to. And actually, this has been going on a while. You know, faculty have had in the 90s, they had to start becoming more versed in technology because stuff was being sent to them self-service. And it's like, wait a second, I, could, I have an assistant that helps me with this. Why am I responsible for doing my own travel expenses online and having to learn that technology. My job is to focus on the students and research. There's, so, there's been a slow uh, integration of involving faculty in the business side of higher education, and it's now accelerating. And, and I'll tell you one way it's accelerating, and I'm, these are, we're on projects like this, where the question about profitability uh, and value is better understood we can gather the data in a way uh, faculty are being asked to uh, demonstrate whether or not the program that they're offering has interest in that community is it growing is it getting less and schools are taking a more uh, proactive and some would say if you're being cynical business approach to this uh, but there's no getting around the fact that this is a operation that, if it's going to uh, sustain itself over the long term, has to find a way to at least be uh, not necessarily even profitable, but in a sense pay for itself, right? And right now it doesn't. Right now, March comes around, we got a $3 million budget deficit, 
And like every previous year, they figure out how to how to bridge that gap, often by delaying initiatives that they want to do or changing some of the numbers so that it works out. And, and what's happening now is presidents, boards in particular, are saying it is not it's not acceptable to be working uh, with a uh, in a deficit capacity because we don't have I mean it's, it's very simple in some ways we don't have the ability to offset that gap through continuing to raise tuition and that has been the approach that has worked for many many years so now schools now again there are some handful if you're listening out there and you're, you're part of a quote unquote an elite school you probably can't ignore this and continue to ignore this but I'd say the, the vast majority of schools have to figure out or are in the process of figuring out how they're going to uh, demonstrate a greater level of profitability or being on, the, being on the positive side versus the negative side. And that's the pressure that's happening across the board. I, I love the way you parallel this to um, sort of the academic side getting a, uh, being forced to uh, develop a greater technology savvy yeah. uh, years ago. Now it's a, a, a greater savvy to the inner mechanics, the the fiscal mechanics of the university. Yeah, and that's the new new reality. Yeah, and 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 you know it's a give and take. You know, you often see in in negotiations that if I'm going to take something away, I better give them something, yeah. right? So if I'm going to take away your program, I'm going to give you more control over something else. So there there that is going to continue, and it's important to demonstrate that. But for some faculty uh, that are in a position to lose the, uh, for example, whether it's a major or a discipline or even a school that they're looking at, you know, maybe we're going to have to rethink whether we're going to keep this particular program open. You know, there's some programs, for example, you know, graduate schools of education in the Northeast. This is really challenged right now because, you know, the the declining population of, of high school uh, high school school graduates and, and coupled with the fact that there's a glut of teachers a lot fewer people are going to this all of a sudden schools wake up and they find themselves you know we, we've got half the enrollment we did in prior years on in certain disciplines what do you do about that so my view is my hope is is that faculty uh, are motivated to be in the conversation to help influence it because my feeling is what's going to happen is if they don't the decisions will be made for them and all that's going to do it's going to create an even greater disconnect between faculty and administration so that's the kind of influence a president can and should have with their faculty administration we want you at the table influence this discussion or you will be influenced upon yeah, and, and I think what happens is in some cases, the faculty actually dig their heels in more and say, you actually can't do that, mm-hmm. right? And part of where that shows up in some places is, you know, t- tenure, right? So that we don't, you don't have the ability to take away what you think you can, right? And, the, and it's bringing up this whole question around shared governance. Like, who gets to decide these decisions? So it's an exciting time. It's uh, it's challenging because we can't predict where it's going to go, and you know the nature of the work that we're doing much more around is bringing those bodies together to have the kind of um, transparent and 
candid conversation, but it's 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 tough, uh, and it and it requires leaders willing to put those tough conversations on the table. The other tough conversation, maybe for a different time, is uh, for administration because faculty are right. Administration has to look at if they are top heavy, if they have too many bodies doing the work. It has to. You you can't just put it on the faculty. But right, you, and I, I worry that this this conversation, in fact, may be be a little bit heavily weighted. Yes, uh, toward responsibility of faculty, and we we haven't really talked about the responsibility of administration. But to your point earlier. If the responsibility of faculty is central to delivering the message of the university or the mission of the university and administration is central to customer service, then, you know, there is some rather simple arithmetic to to determine a customer service function, uh, you know, an appropriate delivery model for addressing customer service from an administrative perspective. And and, and where... So, so customer service is one piece. The other one, which is somewhat the elephant in the room, is uh, do we have, when we talk about right-sizing the institution, this is a conversation everywhere right now, do we have more the right level or less people than we need to deliver the services? And in many cases, in good times, what we do is we put more bodies in. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to undo that. I mean, these are people's lives. It makes perfect sense why it's hard to do. Uh, in some ways, this whole question about looking at uh, increasing revenue or decreasing costs in institutions, the one thing where we dance around, because it's very hard to talk about it, is we, we're, we're, what do we do with the people? Because it's you know 80% of our expense lives in uh, the people expense. So there's all kinds of creative ways, and I think there are ways to do it that are compassionate to think about how do we rethink structure uh, and those are the kinds of things that are front and center. Uh, the thing that I have to be honest that concerns me is to what extent will institutions take this seriously in the absence of a crisis? Right? Two thousand and eight question. Oh, 2008, that was the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I was involved with projects where schools took it as, you know, this, we're going to make these changes now. Nobody can argue with us that it's time to figure out how to be more lean and how to be more efficient. It's hard to do that right now, but it's sort of swung back. It swung back in a more, the problem's not going away. You know, we sort of, 2008, things got a little bit back to normal. Everyone went back into denial. I think that we're now back in that place where you, you can't deny it. And I think what's gonna happen is schools are gonna merge or close. Some of them are gonna be predominant schools. And as a result, that's gonna be an additional wake-up call for the other middle-tier uh, high-priced institutions that have to say, all right, how do we get our financial position in order? And it's it, it's got to be a conversation between the faculty, the administration, and the trustees. And, and that's what they're engaging in right now. It's So it sounds dire, but the truth is it's very exciting because I think on the other side of that, it's focusing on how we want to grow. That's at the heart of what this is really all about when you're, trying to, when you're trying to have the right conversation. It's not about cutting. It's about where do we want to grow? What's our brand? How do we want to position ourselves for the future? That is the conversation that sometimes gets lost in this conversation around efficiency. It does because I, I think uh, my hunch is that you know 
the academic side of the house is recognizing this as demand-based education, right? We're going to respond to market demand with programs that meet that demand. And uh, does that do service to education, to a, particularly a liberal arts education? Yes. And, and that's a, that, I think, is a larger topic. Oh, it's a totally larger yeah. topic. And uh, the whole question of delivery and how does the model change yeah. uh, and how do you in- integrate new ideas around revenue generation that doesn't change the brand but allows it to grow in a certain way. Yeah. Okay, so 2014, what are you most excited about this coming year? Uh, I think we have a greater handle on how to be in this conversation. As much as I've been saying the challenge is being in this conversation, I think that the lang- we're learning how to talk about this. And now what we have to do is figure out how to positively influence others to be in that conversation. And what's going to happen is we're going to have role models out there that are going to demonstrate, schools that are going to demonstrate through leadership uh, that we can get through this. And so I'm excited about being part of projects where there is a commitment and a leadership that's going to say, we're going to work through this together and we're going to figure out how we want to grow I, I, I am more optimistic now, mostly because I think there's a greater sense of what the challenges are and what the opportunities are. It reminds me of when I used to walk in and talk about change management. You know, 10 years ago, people were like, what is that? Now, everyone, now people in the, in the industry know change management. But what happened was is that when people tried to implement technology uh, initiatives and they weren't successful, they began to learn that the piece that was missing was how do you take people through this? And the more people understood the discipline of change management, the more we were able to be effective in helping. I think the same thing is happening in, in, uh, at, at the level of higher education and change is we're getting accustomed to the language. And I'm choosing to be optimistic about it, right? <laughs> because you can, easily, you can easily choose to be negative about it. I'm not going to be. Uh, we are we are gathered here today in Boston on the cusp of our of a, a, a Tybal Inc. planning session in the spirit of transparency. Uh, you know, I think the conversation we've, we're having today on this show very much mirrors the, some of the things we're going to be talking about uh, in in what uh, Tybal Inc. Uh, represents to uh, to client initiatives. Yeah, it's a, I mean, and I would say that I think that this there is a it's time to to take uh, you know to take it to to another level. What I mean by that is uh, there's too much dancing around the tough conversations, or people are anticipating the tough conversations are going to be so painful. It's like we preempt having a conversation because we're so fearful that somehow it's gonna it's it, it's not going to be uh, effective. And what I'm what I'm finding myself more around and I'm going to be speaking more to is uh, an optimism that by being in the conversations it doesn't necessarily mean we have to change but we should at least understand the dynamics we're in and then we can make a choice I mean it's it's the classic the fear if we talk about it somehow it's going to come true no talk about it get everything on the table and then let's step back and say what does this mean what are we willing to do how are we willing to commit to change? I'm not saying it's easy to do, but the, the, I've seen leaders, and I'm working with leaders, who are taking that attitude, 
And those are the kind of institutions that I'm planning that we're going to be working with more of in 2014. Uh, to all of uh, our partners and, and clients, thank you so much for your uh, this joining us on this journey and for inviting us to be a part of the conversation. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. And here is to a great 2014. Yeah. And thank you, <laughs> Howard. I don't even know what that was. Are we at a rodeo? <laughs> that reminded me, what was the presidential candidate that yelled something out, but it came out wrong? It was uh, Howard Dean. Howard Dean. I just did a Howard the Dean. Boisterous yawp. Of I Howard was like, Dean. what was that? <laughs> it was a yaw. It was a, uh, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> You know, we're not going to yeah. edit that out. Let's keep it No, in. no, no. I'm actually going to make a ringtone of it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, uh, thank you, everybody, on behalf of Howard Teibel, because clearly he's come off the rails. I'm Pete Wright. There we go. <laughs> and this has been Navigating Change. We'll catch you next week.